Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. I'm Keith Conrad. And I'm Misty Callahan. On Geek Counter Geek, we'll tackle the tough questions that keep you up at night. Like, who is the better captain? Kirk? Picard or Crunch. Plus, you'll get to chart our progress as I try to write the great American novel. And I try to create a comic book. It's Geek Counter Geek on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. Time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Hey, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Steven Brown. It is, as always. We haven't had, not you, in a while. Yeah, it's true. I'm making a commitment. Yeah, I haven't had any, <laughs> any Skype guests or anybody. No. And... Jess from Beer Babe. Jess is here. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, this is, uh, we've been planning this for a while. There is a brewery which has like comics all over the place, local called Black Horizon, and they said, hey, you guys should come and do a podcast here, and we're like, yes. Yeah. And then it's one of those, I have a long list of guests like that, where I go, you should do the podcast, and they go, yes. Yeah. And then I go, "Uh, there are dates that happen from now into the future. Right. And they don't pick pick any of them. (laughs) That's exactly how I plan things with uh, my family and friends. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, we should watch John Wick together. Let's all do that. When do you want to do that? Just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) The next two weeks aren't good. John Wick was good, though. Yeah. Which was uh, was I, any of them or the last? one? I've seen the opening of the second one, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, oh, I know. Three are good. Everyone, everyone reacts the same way to that. That's one we decided Ken Reeves was a national treasure again. Um. Yeah, he can't act. Forever he's not a good always. actor. Oh, he does what he does really well now. Now that he's like a middle aged guy, he's like, "This is what I do." Yeah. And, and they had, he used to be bad. Like the the. Fr- you ever see the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula? No, but I do want to see it because apparently Winona Ryder's in that. Yeah, it's Winona Ryder, and Gary Oldman is a really good Dracula. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, and Winona Ryder's just... Her comeback, though. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Really... big time. I just rewatched Heathers again this week. Oh, oh yeah. And that As movie, one does. <laughs> you can't make... Have you guys seen Heathers? Uh, I saw it many, many years ago. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and it was like... First of all, I was watching Christian Slater and Heathers, and I'm like, oh, that's what I was late the end of high school. <laughs> I saw that movie. I like went out, bought the long coat, put in the earring. Goals. Talked like Jack Nicholson all the time. Yeah. What happened to Christian? He had a TV show not long ago, so he's like one of those guys that works. But is yeah, because like... he's always been working. But I didn't know if he had like um like drug issues or something. I don't like, think uh, I know. don't think there was Did a major scandal. We talk about scandal. Mr. Robot though. I mean, is he in that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That just ended. Oh big yeah. Time. Big he's time. the like ringleader that the watch that weird looking fellow that people think is a good looking guy. Uh, Rami Malek. Yeah. yeah. He Hi. is right. Yeah. <laughs> people. <laughs> well, he, now that he's played Freddie Mercury, I'm like, okay, he's yes, a slightly yeah, weird that guy weird. that looks like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, uh, I. I there's no like gender fluid on me. Like no one has ever thought I was gay, ever. Yeah, people thought I was Jewish. That was about yeah. as, especially when I was in New York doing stand up. Yeah, I was gonna say that was about as far away from New my York character that people thought I was. Yeah. But anyway, this is how the show goes. We may not get to a topic for a long time. It takes us a minute to get started. But uh, Jess runs Beer Babe Jess on Instagram, which has been getting like bigger and. 
and bigger. It's a thing. It's a little thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You got merch. You got stickers. I do. Yes. You're getting invited to like the conventions of beer. Mm-hmm. So I get recognized sometimes, and it's it's. I get embarrassed. It's awkward. I feel I feel weird, but I'm flattered. So I meet a lot of people, meet a lot of friends out yeah. at these events, and you lose a bit of anonymity. You know, when you're out right. there with the, your public, right? Because right. a lot of your pictures are your, you're in. Yes. So it's not so much like there are not a lot of pictures of us on our. No, nobody knows comics. you are Batman. Yeah, we can yeah, hide. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To hide behind a shield. Yeah, it's like we use the logo a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and we do a lot of reposting in news, but there's one guy did stop me in a Target. I, t- I think I talked oh, about. Oh, you that. did. Yeah. Like I stopped. The I was w- with Ben in a Target, and a guy stopped me and said, "Are you the guy that does caffeinated comics?" Yeah. Do you know who it was? No. And that's, that's, that's what was so cool about it. Because I didn't yeah. go, oh, yeah, you're that guy that I knew when Stephen Oncomeris. Right. So, Jess, how did you decide that, like, uh, beer Instagram thing was what you want to do? Because you have a full-time job, which I is do. how we know each other. Yes, uh, Also, you live within eye distance of where we record. Yes. But what was it that you, made you decide, all right, I'm going to create this, this whole yeah. beast. So I was posting a lot of beer. I got into beer around 2011. I was posting a lot of it on my personal Instagram. And um, I knew I needed a hobby and I knew I kind of wanted to hone it. And my husband actually was like, why don't you just create a separate account? And I was like, that's a smart idea. Like it can be, you know, really targeted, just beer. The rest of my stuff can remain a little more private, right? So where I post my other my other farmhouse stuff and my dogs and all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, I just kicked it off. It was like March 2018. I started posting. I started following people, um, started interacting with people. And then it took me about eight months to figure out what I wanted to do with my blog, bought my URL um, the next year. Um, it was like January 2019. Then I, it all came together. I wanted to do a logo, create merch. It really came out of like the fact that I have passion for it, but then I also kind of turned it into something that was a little bit bigger because I wanted to bring people together, mm-hmm. um, mostly women, because I feel like not everyone always feels like they have a seat at the table. And I thought, what a good opportunity, what a good place, what a good space to be you, in to bring those you're people right. together. You're right. There is, I wouldn't necessarily say a stigma, but a misperception. Right, women in beer. It's always this feeling of like, oh, women don't like to drink beer because it's full of carbs. They like wine, and yeah, they all want to be Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, and so yeah, that is like a niche. That well, it's weird because it's very similar to like comics. Is a lot of people like, oh, girls don't read comics, and it's like my sister reads comics, or girlfriend reads comics. Yeah, like um, the manager of the comic book store is a female. It's like it's a misnomer, whatever you call it. But yeah, it is cool that you can kind of create this space where it's like so. People, I feel like, like you said, there's like there, there's a seat at the table where you can kind of represent that person being like, oh, I'm into this, right, but it's right. always a bunch of bearded hipster dudes, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, just, it's kind exactly. of nice when it's like, uh, that's funny because thinking of comics, I was just watching there's a documentary on Amazon Prime called Chris Claremont and the X Men, mm-hmm. and about how he, uh, and Chris Claremont is the guy who wrote X Men from like 1975 to 1990, so pretty much everything that like the cartoons and the movies did were based on books he wrote. And he turned it into, like, the biggest thing that Marvel had. Um, but one thing I didn't notice, and they were interviewing his editors, and it was, so, like, Louis Simonson's in it a lot, and Anna Senti's in it a lot. And they mentioned that one of the reasons the book had such a unique tone, 
and had really strong characters like Storm and Kitty Pride and Rogue, mm-hmm. is that he had women that were editors. And that never occurred to me before. Oh. Was he was like, yeah, I had a real female perspective every time I dropped these off that the other books, like the guys that were writing Thor and Captain America... Didn't have. Didn't have. And it made me realize, oh, yeah, there were women in comics this way whole back time. before... Yeah. Before before the people that are celebrated, like G. Willow Wilson and uh, at, um, God, and Anna Samat, is it who writes Ms. Marvel? And Kelly Sue DeConnick and Gail Simone. Right. Like, there's all these women right now that are writing great comics. Behind the scenes kind of, too. Yeah, yeah. behind the scenes. But I forgot that, like, way back there, there have always been. Right. And I, I'm sure it's the same thing with beer, is that there's probably all these women. Women-owned breweries yeah. and women brewers and right. people... Really paving the way, um, so it's kind of it's it's interesting kind of space to be in now to see how, where it's going to and how people are really rallying around it. Now, what about Beard made you decide I, I want to just keep going with this because I feel like every interest is uh, interest in pop culture. Most people come to it and they go, "Oh, this is good," and then they walk away. And there's a certain amount of people that go, "This is good," and I want to stay here and I want to learn as much as possible, which is kind of where we both were with comics as kids, there was something in us that said, no, we don't want to leave and we want to learn as much as possible here. Um, so what was it What was it about beer that got it to the point? Because I never quite made that transition where uh, a drink became a noun and not a verb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and like right around, right around yeah. that point where I was like, it became less of a verb. Yeah. Right. So what was it about beer that, that made you kept coming back and not only just want to drink but understand how it was made and understand who was making it and where it was coming from that's an interesting question so when i was in college i worked at a wine bar and that's where i got really into wine and um sort of learned as much as i could at the time i mean it was college i wasn't drinking great stuff regardless um but i was learning and i was interested to taste and then um i just had my mind blown um, drinking beer, like these different Belgian beers, some aged beers. And I was like, holy crap, this is, dare I say, even more complex than wine. And that's when it, I was hooked and I wanted to to try everything and to travel for beer and, um, you know, learn more about it and be um, be in the scene and talk to people and, and be all about it. It's also a really great, um, you know, social aspect, lots of people, lots of different people from different walks of life, which is something that I feel really passionate about that I'm really excited about that I've been able to meet so many cool people through just the beer scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's an interesting, it's an interesting blend of, um, of alcohol, which is a social right drug to begin, to, to begin with, but then mixed with the internet, which can be very introverted. Right. You know, there's a lot of people on the internet don't want to meet in real life. And Instagram has become this platform now that people are just messaging you like strangers and you're becoming friends. You're shipping beer to them across the country. I mean, you're inviting them to your home. You're meeting up with them in different cities, different states. You know, I I went down to Southwest Florida and there was a number of people that I've just known on Instagram that I could meet up with and shake their hand and have a beer with them. Oh, that's cool. And hear, you know, hear their story. Mm -hmm. So it's a really cool kind of way to, to, to connect. And which is, like I said, really why I'm here. I want to bring people together. Um, I want to give people a voice and um, make everyone feel included. And um, what better way than with a pint, right? Yeah, yeah well, it makes it easier, too, because it's just like a social lubricant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just have a couple of beers. You want to talk about anything, you know? Yeah. I was always surprised because it's uh, with the thing we're into 
is very nerdy or whatever. No. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, <laughs> but it's me like... me too. Uh, I get it, you know. But that's what it, it well, that's surprises. A, that's like, the thing. Is such every, a, every subject has its nerds now. That's yeah. one of the things that the internet has taught us. Is that ev- everyone, uh, whatever you're into, however deep you're into it, there's many other people into yeah. the same thing, so you know. It's, yeah. And it's, well, and also with comics, this thing that was seen as very nerdy, uh, as every... Every subject that seemed mainstream became nerdier and nerdier because right. there were deeper and deeper rabbit holes you could go down to. At the same time, comics became more and more mainstream. Yeah, yeah they became mainstream. But I think so too did like, I don't know how long, like, I don't know anything about beer other than it's delicious. But <laughs> um, like craft beer has taken off a lot right in like the last like 10 years or so. And it's like, I don't think that was a big thing. 40 years ago, 50 years ago. I mean, people were probably mm. still doing it, but now it's like such these like micro brews and all these like breweries popping up everywhere. It's like that does seem too like it's kind of seeped into the culture more as far as the, many more people are into it now. Um, at right. Least, I feel know, like there used to be more people in their garage. My uncle. Definitely. My uh, my uncle Joe, um, um, uh, his daughter Allison lives in Chicago and she's been on the podcast and taking pictures of the podcast. He just brews at home, and he's not trying to create a brewery or anything. But every now and then, she'll uh, Thanksgiving even she'll bring a case of stuff, oh, wow. and there'll be like five, six different beers that he's tried out. Yeah, and I feel like that was the uh, environment up until I don't know. I guess like ten years ago, I started mm-hmm. to hear a lot more about microbreweries. What do you think was the tipping point? Was it the internet? Was it the fact that all these little guys could get together and and create their distribution better, or that's an interesting question. I think that it might be a general generational thing too, where it's like people of a certain age were really looking and, and globbing onto it um, and accepting it and, and getting excited about it because finally we had something other than Blue Moon, right? So right. we had new tastes, new flavors, new styles, um, new things to learn. And I think that people just gravitated towards it. People in their 20s, 30s, 40s are getting excited about it. And um, people saw that opportunity. They got passionate. They, they thought, why don't I homebrew? Hey, I love this whole homebrew thing. Why don't I open a, open a brewery, open a tap room, or, or you know, get my friends together and, and do something cool about it? Um, but speaking of beer, mm-hmm. I brought a couple for us to try. Oh, good. And it's, yes. It's not even noon on Sunday, <laughs> no, so it's good. a perfect time. It is. Well, caffeinated comics, you know, you guys drink a lot of coffee. We have our coffees here, but I brought two coffee beers. Yeah, I made coffee made cappuccinos. Yes. If, if, if you ever want to know how, it's have an espresso, put the coffee made in first, and then foam that up. Delicious. And you don't have to. Well, that's the thing, I think, that the, is like how much science there technically is to yeah. like the beer and the coffee and all this stuff. But yeah, it's like this idea where it's like, now there's beer coffee, and it's like, you take two things you love and put them yeah. together. You what know, will I think of next? Right, yeah. Well, it's like, it's like uh, Two Brothers is out great. here in Chicago, and they make both. Well, now and there's hop water. You can get water with hops. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's non-alcoholic. It's, a lot, it's yeah. just... So it's um, like the so flavor, but not... Mm-hmm. It's like a micro-duels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. It's wild. Get your hops and get your water, too. So what beers do we have? So um, this is called Rocket Fuel. So I thought of you because I know you love coffee. Mm. Coffee beer, John. So this is Eighth Wonder Brewery um, out of Houston. This is from one of my trader friends, Paige. Shout out to Beer Paige Love. Um, She sent this over. So we're going to try this Vietnamese coffee porter. Vietnamese coffee porter. What about it? Wow. That sounds awesome. Yep, and right by the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. It also seems like uh, the microbrew might be, as you said, it's a generational thing. And it made me think about 
um, millennials, which I'm not, um, but millennials have much more of a DIY feel to the craft. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to a rejection of corporate process product. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you which it. you know the boomers, the boomers embraced, and then my feeling has always been Gen X was just left with that the discarded boomer crap on the floor and figured out what to do with it. Yeah. I think my favorite that, thing in the world And the millennials is, have just been like, no, we can start from scratch. And yeah. Make right. Things a lot cooler. My favorite thing is headlines that'd be like, millennials are killing uh, whatever, name a store, uh, restaurant. And it's it's like, always something that deserves to die. Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't know. it's I almost know. always something that deserves to die. Olive exactly. Garden. But yeah, it's Olive like, Garden. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like, why millennials are killing Walmart? <laughs> right. It's like, because it's evil. Murder. <laughs> Murder. All right. So All right. this is a coffee porter from Vietnam. Well, it's Vietnamese or Vietnamese coffee. style. Yeah, Vietnamese oh, coffee. So the, so the coffee beans from a are Texas from Vietnam. Brewery. Yes, you and got then it's it. been brewed in Texas. V cultural over here. Yep. All right. You got it. Cool. Well, let's give this. Cheers. I'm it. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, that's actually it's pretty awesome. It's really nice. Yeah, it's. It is. Yeah, it's uh, it's like almost a fifty-fifty. Of the coffee and the, yeah, it's like weird because usually it's it's one like or the coffee other flavor, right? right? Like a vanilla stout or a yeah. chocolate stout, like you get a hint of it. Mm-hmm. But this tastes like I mean, with a name it, like Rocket Fuel, I was I was expecting yeah, yeah, a little kick coffee, oh, coffee, coffee. That right? just tells me I might sneak up on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we're gonna get to this. The end of this episode's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always say this is a show that speeds up as it goes along. Most shows yeah. like they start off with this initial excitement, then they settle into the topic. <laughs> We yeah, start coffee off, affects us as we go. Yeah, we start off. Uh, we usually just brew the coffee before we come in. So the first three minutes are like, "What happened? What? Yeah. Is, <laughs> what did, didn't Ian McKellen say something?" And then by the end of it, it's we've gone way over time. Yeah, but that's a that's really nice. Really yeah, you nice. made that disappear, John. I am really impressed. It was a little, little thing. I thought I had to do it like a shot. Oh, there's plenty more. And yeah, I will. Have yeah, yeah. Um, You're not going anywhere today. Now, how long does uh, beer normally last? Because one of the things I find fascinating about this, actually, let me backtrack. What? How big is your personal collection? Is it always rotating or is it always growing? Like, oh, do you geez. have, do you have a room? Like, I have an an action figure and comic room in the house, which is a room you don't even spend time in. You just right. go because they're all it's there. storage. Yeah. Yes. Do you have like a beer storage? I have a room? regular size refrigerator in my basement. That I can barely close. Mm. Oh, wow. And it's full. And it's a refrigerator with a freezer on top? Or mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just full of beer. It's full of the beer that we're aging. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. a lot of barrel-aged beer, stouts, that kind of stuff. And uh, is there anything on shelves? Or is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's warm. There's like, yeah. It's awesome. There's, there's a, there's a, it's a whole problem. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest <laughs> problem. We were talking a little bit about this last week, and it's another thing I don't really want to pull the strings of too much is like how much of it is like this collecting thing is like a mental. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like I I come across the problem where it's like I don't want to start getting a different kind of thing that's comic book related because I'm like, oh, how, I don't how many? I need another. Right. And they get another and yeah, another and in another. In the last year, I broke Steven down on those Marvel figures because he did not want to spend money on them especially now that you don't have a diamond account yeah you know you no longer own a store that will give you right that i can get this stuff at cost but they're so good that it's like well you have to have 
this. Yeah. And then. And that's how it starts. How and then long, now it's. You, it you went from having none of them to 12 of them in a year. And it's like, the fuck am I doing? Where's all this shit going to go? Yeah. And you get to this point we were discussing just last week about how there's a tipping point of when you've gotten everything you want, but you're so used to collecting that you're like, well, I'll get these because I don't have them. Well, it's like a it's like a FOMO thing sometimes too yeah. that you have to be careful of with beer because there's all these special releases at all these breweries around the country. Like for instance, yesterday there's this special release of this beer that I had one time, and it is very rare, very unique. It's released once a year, and it's down in Florida. Um, and I was posting on my Instagram, hey, and ISO in search of can anyone get this beer? And lo and behold, a couple people were messaging me and like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'm going. I'm I'm gonna get in line. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the allotment. You know, what are you looking for? What do you want to trade for? They only let for? you get a certain amount of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's There's like limits. they limited it. Yeah. I know so, what you're doing. And this is like a five, in my opinion, a five star rating beer. You know, and I'm I'm like, oh my god, this is so exciting for me because I don't need more beer. As we've right, as yeah. we've established, <laughs> fridge right. full of beer. I always say I get into uh, whenever I get into debate with my wife. I'm like, oh, I want to buy this, but it's way more expensive than the other stuff because it's limited. And it's limited. And every time my wife says, "You don't need that," I'm like, "None of this is about need." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. it's clearly not a need. I thing. could have nothing in my collection and survive. Right. <laughs> but it, it's it's clearly okay. We've moved it into want. And now is, do I want it enough yeah. or do I not want it enough? Right. And I, you have to be picky and that's what I've had to do. I've had to call it down. I've had to be really picky about what I'm trading for, what I'm purchasing, right. what I'm going to spend time waiting in line. I mean, the, the, it's a whole underground culture. People waiting in line yeah, overnight. I guess, and, I guess that's the thing is like that you don't really understand is that it's, it's as deep for this or anything else as we experience like comics and stuff. like people waiting in line for exclusive figures or exclusive collector's items or whatever. It's like, it is a whole thing that you don't think about because you're not, like, you're not in it. You know what I mean? It's like, because we're not, we don't live in that world. We don't, we're like, oh, how many people are doing that? It's like tons and tons of people. It's like a whole network of Mm. people that she knows online that'll, oh, I'll get it and I'll send it here for you. You know what I mean? It's like everyone kind of helping each other out, you know? Now, how long does beer usually last? Once it's, once, I know cans last longer than bottles, but what's about the lifespan? Because I know you've given me some where I'm like, I'm saving this for a nice occasion. And then six months later, you're like, no, you have to drink that. It's going to turn on you. Yep. Um, It depends on the style. mm -hmm. So typically beers with higher ABV can age longer. You don't want to really age any of your stuff with hops, any of your IPAs. Um, but your bigger barrel-aged stouts, when you do age them, the yeast, um, it, it gives it time to develop. So you can get different flavors. You can get, um, you know, some different characteristics of the beers can come out over time. Um, but essentially, people are always saying these days, drink fresh. Just drink it if you yeah. got it. I mean, because what one of my friends, too, always says, like, there's not enough special occasions for you to <laughs> wait and not drink your beer, right? So it's like... It's tough. And so I've started trying to get through some of that age stuff, some of the, the stuff in my basement, because it's like, what are we waiting for? We got to we gotta crack it right. up. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's what scares me is that, is that you devoted so much of your collecting time to something that you know you can't keep forever. Yeah. Like I have downstairs in my house, I have Batman and Spider-Man comics from 1964. And 50 years from now, wow. assuming I don't get rid of them, I'll have Batman and comic, 
and Spider-Man comics from 1964. And your kids will have them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as I protect them and make sure that they don't get damaged. Um, or toys. To uh, my toy collection doesn't go very vintage. I'm not one of those collectors. There are some collectors who are like, I want all of the original Star Wars figures, or mm -hmm. I want the GI Joes from the 60s. I tend to like. I tend to like the best version of a character I care about. And to be honest, we're doing as an industry, it's getting better and better and better. So when a new Batman comes out, that can be my only Batman. But they're also made of plastic. It's never going to disappoint you. You're never right. going to have to dump it down the sink, John. Exactly. <laughs> and that's... That, it, it, it so worries me. Right. Well, it's a about lot knowing my... it. It's about knowing beer, you know? Like I yeah. say, I give you a lot of the coffee stuff because I know you love it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes coffee doesn't stand very long, right? right. So you've got to drink that, you know, within... A few months or so, just yep. to, just to get the best. But my whole, my flavor. whole impetus for collecting, I've realized, is is to have this kind of control and, and permanence of. Mm. Uh, and I know my this actually comes from my dad because my dad has like my dad has a house full of books and board games that are like in the attic used to be stacked on top of each other. Growing up in school, if I had to do a report on history. I knew we had the book, but if my dad said it's in the attic, that meant don't even bother looking for it. <laughs> you might as well not have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is just, and he said it's this idea because these books are go out of print. And if I don't wow. get it now, it's just gone. And I still have that even in this digital age is I want to have this because there comes a day when I can't. Right. Um, which is why, like, I compared to most people, my iTunes library is ridiculous. You know, mm. people just go, oh, watch that on Netflix. It's not on Netflix. I won't watch that. And I'm like, no, I have to have this. What if case. it goes away? Yeah, yeah, if it goes away. And your entire collection is something that you know Calculator is going risk. to go yeah, it's away. Like you have a collection that however many years from now it'll take to get through it or months or whatever it is, depending on the size. It's like it'll be a whole new collection five years from now or whatever. It'll change. Yeah. That's so, interesting, too. I've never thought of it like that. It's like, right. It's, it's like what it is today is not what it'll be tomorrow. But it's still beer, but it's different beers. Yeah. You know what? That's interesting because the analogy that just popped into my head, I think is applicable to you, is that it's like a garden. And I know oh. you take a lot of care of your garden. And oh, so, right. Mm -hmm. So that might be something about you of that this kind of... The evolution of things and there's and, a beginning, middle, and an end to mm -hmm. things. Right, how things yeah, change and grow. Garden's and, very similar, right? It's like it's the same physical space, but it's yeah, all that shit dies and then comes back or whatever. Right, you know, right, right, and it comes right. back a little different, but it can be the same type of, of patterns, and then things can happen to it depending yeah. on weather, depending on climate. Right, and, and it's seasonal, just like beer too. Yeah, yeah right, it's seasonal. <laughs> well, so uh, I had. No, I guess I can't remember what the other thing was. I had two things. I was like, oh, but this is safe for the podcast. Um, so uh, the Field Museum. <laughs> is it that you hate DC movies? Was that one? No, no, no. This is beer specific. <laughs> um, the Field Museum put out a beer. Uh, maybe this was a year or two years ago where I guess they got a recipe for beer from like Aztec or Inca, like olden time beer, like hmm. from South America or something. And they couldn't do the exact recipe because it would probably not taste at, at, at all like what we think beer is right. because it's thousands of years old um but so they spice it up a bit but that kind of stuff i always think is cool where it's like here's like an old recipe we found written on like a clay tablet for beer because i i didn't realize this i thought beer was like a modern thing we've been brewing beer for like 
thousands of years yeah. mm-hmm. like it's like mm-hmm. it's been it's like uh like many many thousands of years i well, believe it was a woman who first brewed beer i believe this is yeah that's the old wives tale really? that's dope. <laughs> dope the old wives are spreading it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we are it was a woman it was it was i swear <laughs> well that's one of the things i found was interesting about alcohol is that every single culture in the world in every era figured Hey, I let this food go really bad, and now it's a mild. Now it fucks me up. Now it's a mild poison. It's yeah. sourdough. And let's just and let's just keep doing that. Yeah. Let's just keep Blue cheese. This, yeah, <laughs> like so much food is food you're not supposed to eat. Alcohol is literally poison. I was reading an article yeah. about like every every feeling you have of inebriation is the same as if if you were chloroformed. <laughs> it's like you go to the That's bathroom great. a lot because your body's trying to flush it out yeah. and. And you're getting sleepy because your body's trying to put you in a coma to get rid of it. That's incredible. And yet it's still like this, we've created this whole culture of like, no, it has a purpose and it has a place in our lives. And we we only feel bad about the people that are doing it all the time. Right. (laughs) Well, that's what's crazy too is like uh, what, uh, what it represents like culturally is like we're just like, all right, no one gets to have beer anymore. And then they're like organized crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, protest. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's so crazy. It's like uh, you're right. It's a mild poison. Most adults enjoy drinking it. Mm-hmm. Some a little too much, one could argue. But then it's just. But then it's also like we tried to make it illegal, and then people were just like, no, right. Right. complete we're revolt. Right. Complete Let me heart, revolt. We will machine gun each other in the street. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like it's so crazy. <laughs> And we're having that now. We're, we're in Chicago. They just made marijuana legal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And January 1. Right? Yeah, we have, uh, there's lines around the block at dispensaries all over the place. Yeah, there, there was a, it's a chain of dispensaries. It's the biggest in the state, I guess. There's like four or five locations or something. And I heard on the radio that it was like the sixth or seventh day into the new year, you know, January mm. 7th or 8th or something like this. Uh, they, uh, they, they closed. Because they said all their employees have been working twelve and fourteen hour they shifts. Ran out. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> are we we did it to give our. It seems the opposite of that culture, right? Yeah, <laughs> these people probably never worked so hard in their lives. <laughs> but it's like they gave the day off to their employees to both give them time off and to actually like replenish the physical dispensaries because it's like they just ran out of all this crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, all the weed is gone. Yeah, that's like my favorite. Uh, my favorite food story ever was in the 80s, McDonald's did market research into uh, bringing out a shrimp uh, oh. item on their menu. And they found out to stock every McDonald's with shrimp, they would extinct the shrimp population within a year. <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Is that <laughs> that's terrifying? like somebody's job yeah. to do it's that like math. shrimp. Yeah. If we <laughs> yeah. want shrimp in McDonald's, shrimp no longer right, exists. We'll eat all the shrimp. <laughs> yes. Well, that's like, uh, uh, I always had this thought because... Just thinking about the amount of people that are on the planet, just in America even, yeah. that's a lot of people. Chicken, we eat a lot of chicken. Yeah. And every grocery store is full of many hundreds of chickens. I'm like, there is no way there are this many chickens on the planet. No way. Well, we breed them. No, I understand that. We we, we make sure. We and make- I understand like factory farming and stuff, but it's still, it's too many. It's mind blowing how many yeah. just, chickens there have there had to be. There had to be billions of chickens. I think it's like, it's think like. About a, how many nuggies there are in this world. Right. I think it's <laughs> a how lot like. How many chickens does each person eat in a lifetime? Right. Well, I'm thinking it's a lot like Disney World. Like Disney World won't tell you how many people are in the park at any time. They They're don't like release, Netflix. They don't release that information because it'll probably freak people out how many people are in the parks. And really? I think the same things with chickens. They don't want us to know how many chickens there <laughs> are because in they, case they revolt <laughs> well yeah well did you know this that chickens lay eggs every single day 
That's fucking crazy. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's why they're not so attached to him. Maybe I don't know. What's what say do they have so, in the matter? <laughs> I, I've heard you try to take like eggs out of an eagle's nest. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but chickens just like it's eh, a protected animal too. <laughs> but I'd love to eat a bald eagle like an egg. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you guys? No. no, no. You don't want to try bald eagle eggs? <laughs> Not at any age. Oh, that stopped me cold. No, I really want to try it. That's like that's that's like that's a, like anti-American. Yes, I know, I know. That's, we got to go to Japan and do it or something. Treason. Mm, I that's, don't know if it's that's treason. the kind of treason they would actually mm, bring up you probably, up on charges. Probably. <laughs> you know what? Go tweet. I want to eat a bald eagle. See what happens. <laughs> You just gotta tweet it somewhere else. You know, you can't do it in America where they care about it. You can't it. tweet anything other than on Twitter. <laughs> right, right. I'll that's just true. tweet it on the sign <laughs> yeah. on a sign outside 294. Yeah. That'll work. That's it's like tweet. um it's like Apex Predators. You know, I kinda wanna eat Apex Predators. You know, What's an Apex Predator? The thing that doesn't have anything above it on the food chain. You know, like sharks. Oh. Yeah. Is sharks the Apex Predator? Well, I think man is the ultimate apex predator. Yes, because man kills more sharks than shark kills man. That's true. Don't get me started. Yeah, we watch a lot of Shark Week. uh, (laughs) Well, Shark Week and what's that show where that uh, guy drives around in the boat and he harasses the Japanese whalers? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, It's like like uh, Greenpeace? Whale whale Wars? Yeah, Whale Wars. He actually, he was a member of Greenpeace and they kicked him out of the organization because he's too violent. Because he's like ramming his boat in a Japanese whaling boat. He's like Bane in the League of Shadows. He is. (laughs) It's great. It's it's like an incredible show. It's on Netflix. I love it. I have not seen that. Whale Wars. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. So he's like, he's too big a jerk for Greenpeace. I guess he like they kicked him out of the organization. Japan has labeled this guy a terrorist. Wow! <laughs> and he just drives around like the Pacific, just hunting Saving whaling vessels. Wow! Yeah. Does he like sink them? Um, no, but they're. I mean, you see, sometimes they're like ramming boats and spraying them with hoses and stuff. I mean, it gets pretty pretty crazy. It's intense. Yeah. yeah. You guys are driving me to open this next beer. Oh, let's oh do yeah. It. Go ahead. <laughs> what now, is, what is the next yeah, beer? What is the next? Beer? So this is called Fourth Tap Brewing. It's a co-op. It says. Oh. Okay, so this is called Backcountry Coffee Stout. So, so you have to apply to the board to Out of get fourth this beer. Tap. <laughs> yeah. Look at the bat, though. You love Batman, so you know. I do. Oh, that's, that's a green bat. Like that looks like a bat for you. Adventure Time. Yeah, I was gonna say it looked <laughs> like an Adventure Time bat. Yeah. Where is this from? Another Texan beer. Hmm. Yep. Thanks to my trader friends. That's a lot of dark beer for Texas. Is I, that's not what I I wouldn't have expected stouts and porters. I would tend to agree, and I and I'm a little biased, but I always think you know Chicago does it really, really well. So it's tough to tough to measure up. Cold the, places are good with stouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we need we need the some of the fill. I mean Ireland. Ones. Yeah. Um, now, what is the ubiquitous of IPAs? Why is it every time I go to a microbrewery they have nine IPAs and like one stout? What, is it the popularity? Is it the ease of brewing it? That's it a just good seems question. like IPAs is the big entry level for homebrew that's interesting i just think they've blown up and yeah, i think they that really have. everybody everybody wants to try different different ipas with different hop varieties like that it's just it's crazy um i don't know why some it kind of bothers me i'm going to be honest i love ipa but it bothers me when i go to a brewery and they don't have anything but ipa i'm like yeah, i don't guys, like ipas because they're too hoppy yeah and i feel like, like I, I feel like I'm at a restaurant. I'm at a, I'm like a vegetarian at a steakhouse sometimes. It's yeah. just like, oh, there's nothing for me? There's... Yeah, it's just kind of weird that there there would be no alternate option because it right. is such a specific, like... Um, yeah, there's flavor. so many different types of beer. And, right. 
everybody's hitting the IP. Either you love them or you hate them, too. They're very yeah, divisive. They're polarizing. They're polarizing, yeah. Polarizing. Like, garbage. I get really excited when I see a microbrew have something like a red ale. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's something... Different and... Something different. classic. And, yeah, and they've usually probably spent more time on it because they're doing something outside of the box that there's a lot of care put into it. That's actually... That's funny you say that because that's actually one of, like, my criteria for, like, my favorite breweries is what kind of range do they have? And, like, what kind of styles are they offering at any given time i think it's really important to as a brewery be able to flex in different areas be able to do a stout really well be able to do a sour be able to do an ipa or even just your basic you know lager pilsner like to do it really well i think says a lot about range and and you know mm-hmm. quality and and dedication to the craft and and in a world where there's so much hype around ipas yeah and and I'm guilty of it, you know. I, I feed into it, but I think there's also a lot of hype around barrel aged beer as well. I like to like like you said, walk into a brewery and say, oh, there's like six different styles that I could choose from. Maybe I could try a few, right? Have mm-hmm. a flight and have all different stuff instead of like only one style, right? Because all it seems day, like, every with day. a lot of these, once you've mastered one style, it's like starting over again. Of like, okay, we know how to make an IPA, but do we know how to make a sour? Right. And going back to the drawing board, it actually reminds me of guitars, which is probably what I spend the most money on because they're expensive. But there's a lot of there's a lot of boutique car, guitar companies out there and there's a lot of boutique uh, pedal companies that just create like a little effects boxes. Mm-hmm. And there's that same kind of feeling like with effects boxes, everybody makes a distortion pedal, like everybody makes like an overdrive. Uh, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies out there. And sometimes there's one guy just wiring them and sending them out in the same way. But then there's very few companies that are making like an echo pedal. So when somebody does, mm. because it's a, it's in the same category, but it's a, it's a totally different discipline. Like the circuit that creates an echo is completely different than a circuit that creates a distortion. Uh, when somebody creates an echo pedal, everybody gets really excited about it. Right. Because it's, cause it's like, well, well, how is this different? And how, yeah, how it... How is this used? Or guitar companies, everybody makes solid body companies and then uh, um, companies that have been doing solid bodies for years, if they come out with like a hollow guitar, they, they've had to start from the ground up again because a lot of the rules don't apply. That's like breweries. We get yeah. so excited when a brewery that normally puts out really great IPAs and, and, and other styles oh they're, they're putting out a barrel aged beer they put their stout in barrels oh my god we're gonna line up around the block like we get excited because we want to see what they can do mm. and and we know their quality is great over here so we're pumped to be like oh my gosh i love this brewery i love what they're doing let's see how they do this in a stout format right and how do they bring their style to it mm-hmm. what's the what's the commonality in their in their branding that is like what's the what's commonality between the stout and the ipa because they both funnel through these people right yeah, I think that's really interesting. Well, what do you guys think of the stout as compared to the porter? It's a little it's bigger bodied, right? Yeah. So it's heavier. Yeah, it's definitely darker. It's definitely way more into the beer category than the coffee cup. Yeah. The uh, the first one, the Vietnam, almost tasted like a carbonated coffee at first. Didn't it? And yeah. Then, yeah, and then the alcohol was a little more of the aftertaste. Yeah, I think it's like they're both really, um, I don't know how to speak about beer, but it's like they're very smooth, right? I mean, both yeah. of these I thought were very... I really like this. I, I think I prefer it. Yeah, I do too, I think. I, I tend to prefer stouts to porters. I, I prefer stouts to pretty much everything, even when I was <laughs> when I was in college and I was going through 
the gamut. When I landed on Guinness, I was like, no, this is this is where, this it's, is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. And when in doubt, if I, if they have nothing there, I'll get a Guinness. Yeah, you know, if, if I don't have to choose anything. Yeah, it's like it's, I learned early on in my twenties that uh, it was a good heavy beer, but it wasn't too high alcohol content. So by the time I was drunk enough to do stupid things, I was too full to get off my stool and do them. Yeah, it was a good... Uh, <laughs> Very funny. It's like you're kind of checking yourself. Yeah, it was really it's like, I'm going to drink still, but I'm going to drink heavy beer so <laughs> that I can't move. I'm going to say stupid things and write them down on this bar napkin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and take them off. I, there, there was a period where I would sit at the end of the bar and my friends would give me... My friends who weren't clever would buy me free Guinness all night. And then they would pick up girls and they'd bring them over to me... And then I would entertain them for 10 minutes and then they'd take them away. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Because I would say everything that they couldn't think of to say. And then I would just continue to sit there and drink stew. and go home alone. Yeah. <laughs> I worked for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, uh, have you gotten into like brewing your own stuff because you know all this stuff now? So it's funny. Um, I actually brewed my first beer this past year, 2019, all by myself. So we've done it before at home. My husband has done it. But um, yeah, I was lucky enough to be gifted a, a kit um, from Crafty Brew and I brewed my own Citra IPA. Um, Citra hops are my favorite hops, so I had to I had to choose that one. Um, haven't tried it yet. Oh, you haven't drank it? It's, it's in bottles. I tried it right off the line, right, when we were bottling mm-hmm. it. I mean, obviously it wasn't ready. Tasted like beer, so I was excited. Yeah, that's, good. Yeah, that's a good first step. Yeah. Check that first box. Yeah. Tastes like beer. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. We'll crack it open. That's awesome. Did that change your opinion on how beer was made? Did that? Oh, it's such it's so funny you say that. I think, I think I was a little like starstruck when I would meet brewers. Like, oh my gosh, they made this beer. This is probably like top five beers that I've had. You know, these celebra- these brewers are such celebrities, blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's t- the answer is twofold. I have an appreciation for the patience, the time, the dedication, and the work that goes into it. Much more now than I did before. But I also think that if you really want to brew beer and do well at it, anyone can do it, right? Mm. Um, I'm not saying anyone could brew the best beer in the world, but sure. I think... I kind of doing it myself. I was like, okay, I I can do this right with my own two hands. Um, but again, so much, so much more appreciation for for what brewers do day in and day out, hours and hours, the patience and just yeah. the the all of the work that goes into it, all the sanitizing and all the yeah, because you don't think about it. Stuff. It is like it's it's science. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like chemistry. Or I just it's have like, Breaking Bad in my head now. And you as a creative, yeah. John and I are creatives, and we're mm-hmm. we're not science really minded at all. We're you know we're we're more art minded. So right. it's 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 a it's but there is an like artistry a... to it because it reminded me. Uh, I had the same feeling in two places. One when I did stand up comedy was um, I did the same thing. I looked at comedians and put them on pillars and thought they were you know these blessed people. And when I got into the process of breaking it, breaking it down and starting to do it on my own, and I wasn't as good as a lot of the people that I did shows with, but I could see how that was broken down. And yeah. actually, yesterday I was just watching um, uh, the Netflix show The Degenerates, which is like all like twenty minute sets. And one of the people um, in the new season, Adrian Appalucci, I used to do shows with all the time. Oh wow! And so I was listening to her set, and in fact, to the point where. 
my wife came in. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember her doing that bit on this show. And I could, but I could see, I'm like, okay, that's how she put that together. That's how she put that together. And you can kind of see the gears. The art of it, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's a level of like demystifying a process when you get into mm-hmm. something like this where you always look at the thing of like, oh, I, you know, I really want to do this thing that all these people I really admire do. And then when you could kind of break it down and physically participate in it as well, to whatever extent that is, brewing in your basement or writing stand-up and doing it, you know, in shows in New York or whatever, it's like, to give you a better sense of it, it's uh, it's, it's an interesting experience. Well, I think that proves if you really love it, because if you can break it down totally. and demystify it, right. and you still really care about it. You try it, Because yeah. you've taken all the illusion out. You've seen how the magic trick right. Yes. Yeah, pull the curtain back. Yeah, and if you still care, then you know it's something you really care about. Yeah. And that also in toys, my first copywriting job was at a toy company, and um, it was at Art Asylum, which is now part of Diamond. And I was the staff writer there, and I was writing ads and pitches and stuff, a lot of stuff I do now. But I was sitting, instead of sitting with art directors and people on computers, I was sitting with guys that were sculpting out of wax, and then guys that were painting and casting and and figuring out the engineering of the joints. And because of that experience, I never quit getting action figures. Right. Because it was at the point where I was like, yeah, I've got these. The craft. Yeah, you see the craft and you can tell good from bad so much easier. Mm -hmm. Where you go, oh yeah, this, I thought these were the same, but this one was just passable and this is really elegant. So if I'm a beer snob, you are a toy snob. Yeah, I'm. All, uh, I've also definitely become a guitar snob because yeah, that uh, too. Uh, that is really bad because uh, the guitar that's in this room is the most expensive guitar I've ever gotten, and I have been spending the last few weeks making it more expensive. So let's not because there are parts in it that I'm like, mm, well, this third party guy just does this one wiring scheme that's better than what gives you. So I need to order it from him and put <laughs> He's it in better, there. Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely and. I was looking at it, I was like, I, I literally bought like new volume knobs for it this week yeah. that, are, that are being shipped. Wow. And I'll have to wire them in, but I'm like, but they're better. I'm like, no one's going to notice that they're any better. But you'll know. But I'll know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will appreciate it. Yeah, there's definitely that kind of snobbery. It's good though. Yeah, and I yeah. think that kind of goes to all these different kind of things we're niche. talking about is all these little niche things mm-hmm. have this idea of like, oh, this is better. This one little thing is better to the layman might not know, but the people who are really into it, the people who are really knowledgeable about it is like can go much deeper into it than, you know, the fly right. by night. But you know what's funny though is the other side of it with beer is that every palette is different. So I could say this is the most amazing yeah. beer yeah. in the world and you could say, I hate this beer. Yeah. So it's such an and not interesting... Be wrong. Right. right. No one's right, no one's wrong. Yeah, it's kind of like this weird thing because we do it with comics too yeah. where I'll be like, oh, my favorite comic book artist, one of them, John Romita Jr. And then we'll have Danny on and Dana will be like, I hate John Romita Jr. Yeah. I'm like, but you're, a, <laughs> but you're a smart person. You know smart comics. How do you hate this guy? He's brilliant. And it's like, it's personal preference. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I think Number one keeps our show going, and number two keeps us from becoming too much of a niche, which I always think would make us a bigger success if we were doing something nobody else is doing. But you and I actually have very different tastes. Yeah, we don't. Is agree. like we both love Marvel comics, but like, but I love Spider Man. You love the Avengers, and there's not that much crossover. The artists, there's, I know there's a lot of artists I really like that sure. you don't like. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, and we can appreciate. Okay, that's a good artist, but that's not to my taste at all. That's not to my taste at all. It's something that I've had to learn to say because... Oh, because you don't want to offend anybody. Right. Yeah. That's so funny you say that like that. So usually I'll say, it's just not for me because I don't like 
this type of hop. I don't like this type of malt. I'm not big on banana in my beer, whatever it is, which lately I've enjoyed a couple beers with banana. I don't even know myself. I don't know if I've ever had it. <laughs> I don't banana. know that I have either. <laughs> I kind of want one. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because you have to be careful what you, how you say things i th- i think to be thoughtful and be yeah, respectful yeah. right no, i think we don't because i'm a jerk but it's, it is good <laughs> to do it because especially if you're interacting with people on like a social media platform or you are growing this like presence yeah you yeah. don't want to burn any bridges well and there's a difference between acknowledging the craftsmanship and acknowledging the success and and saying that well i don't personally like it right. um you know we were we were debating a lot about the venom movie that came out and it's like yeah we didn't like that movie but it did well Everybody and it's else like, didn't. we kind of have to admit that it did well right. for Sony, right. so it was a success, and they're making more of them, whether or not we want to see more of them. People love it, it's just not for me. Yep. So what is for you? What, what have you learned is your favorite kind of beer? So tough to say. I mean, I, I think like I said, I really love IPAs, and I love citra hops, but I think my heart really lies in barrel-aged beers. Um, just the complexity. Um Put a beer in a barrel, whatever the style, I'm interested in it. Just because it it, it does such unique different things. Um, and it it unfolds, right, with time. So any beer, as it warms, you'll get different flavors. But to me, it's just so mind-blowing when you're putting these these beers in bourbon barrels um, and you're pulling them and you're, and you're tasting them, you know, like I said, now, six months from now, a year from now, and just how different that is, it's just that complexity, right? Kind mm-hmm. of like the garden analogy. It's like seeing things evolve, tasting things, uh, tasting a, a beer evolve, whether it's over the course of an evening or, or over like different months and different years. And um, I would definitely, I'd have to lean towards that. Are there any brewers that stand out? Um, well, I, I think all of my followers know which my favorite brewery. My favorite Chicago brewery, at least, uh, Revolution. I talk yeah, about oh, it all yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, because they can do so many different styles and do them well. That way there is something for everyone. But they also have such deep complexity in the, the stuff they, they put in barrels. So they've got a great barrel program going. Um, and I haven't missed a release. There's another one at the end of January that I'll be at. Um, and I can't wait because I'm excited to see what they come out with. But yeah, I'm definitely, definitely an, a, a fangirl um, of Revolution. And it's the largest independent, yeah. you know, brewery here in Chicago, which is great. Yeah, I don't even know if you can call it an independent. Is there, is there a hard and fast rule of what an independent is? Cause, there is. Because like, like with Revolution or Lagunitis, I, I think, all right, they're just a, they're a major beer distributor now. Well, I think it's a lot of there's a lot of talk around craft what's craft what's not craft who sold out who didn't sell out and if you're not owned by one of the big guys you're mm. still independent okay yeah if you haven't been bought if you haven't been bought so like a chipotle is still an independent chain mcdonald's owned chipotle so. no they bought it back they bought it back they bought it back Ooh, yeah the owner right. bought it back don't call it a comeback yeah yeah it's been here for years interesting huh I think the thing that confuses me the most, because uh, t- tastes change over time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember getting into comics, and there's a very famous, like, comic book artist that I hated when I was a kid, uh, Jack Kirby, because I didn't get the art. And now I'm like, right. oh, this guy's, like, brilliant. Well, and Jack Kirby, mostly for just most of our listeners now, Jack Kirby created most of the Marvel characters with Stan Lee. 
Oh, wow. his, his style is very unique. There's a buried entry. It's his characters are not attractive, it. but a lot of the things he was doing at the time nobody had ever done before. He kind he, of invented the modern comic. Book. Yeah, he invented cool. he invented the way to pace the page, to give it energy, and to create more of a three dimensional look. Like before, uh, all comics felt like comic strips. They were very much they looked left to right, and mm. they had like one motion. Um, and Jack Kirby was in singularly responsible for changing the face but there is he's like a barrel aged beer yeah there there's he's very complex where when you looked at it as a kid you're like oh that's ugly yeah, yeah you're like what is this crazy thing yeah. <laughs> yeah but i think like so now i can step back i've read many many comics and i can point to these are my guys that i like these are the artists i write these are the guys i follow mm-hmm. this is a really favorite story i read with beer, I'd be like, what did that beer taste like? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think like after two years, I'm not going to remember what any beer tastes like if it's something like this. Like I won't remember what either of these beers tasted like six weeks from now. Or just you know? remembering the names of them. Right. right. You know, because so they much. come and go so quickly. There's an app for that. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to check in, you know. Yeah. How deep into that app are you? Um, you know, I got kind of burned out on it because the, the, the functionality, the UX of it mm. is not great. Yeah, your your marketing brain kicks. I'm a I'm a I'm a digital, yeah. you know, creative. Um, but it's great for for saying, "Have I had this? Did oh, I like it?" So you could like check a box and be like, "So you if you're in a brewery yeah. and you see the name of something, you can kind of look back and go, "Oh, I like this, or I didn't like that. Yeah. I'm not going to do it again." Yeah, especially when you drink so much beer and you kind of forget all the different names and all the different right. because some beers are like, "Oh, this is the you know." Um, raspberry version. This is the peach version. This is the oh, whatever. Right. And you're, yeah. and I'm like, I don't. I it's so much. Yeah, because I think like I don't know how many different beers I've had in my life. Right. Maybe maybe a hundred. Maybe. And I might. I don't know how that would compare because we went to like uh, beer festivals at like Union Station. Yep. And there will be which are now in the Field Museum. They moved that. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we've been to that a few times. It was so be much better at Union Station because you could just step back on a train. Yeah, that's true. Was, Getting a Field Museum is a. That's coming around again, actually. It's coming in March. Yeah, those are a lot of fun. I'm check that out. But it's like, you, they're you, really you've fun. had probably many thousands of beers. I have checked in to over 2,000 beers. and that, But that's just since you've been using that app. Yes. So it's much more than that. And, I, and I don't check into every beer. Right. Right. So. Yeah. I think, I think the hardest thing is... If, probably double. If it's your right. third beer of the night, things are going to get a little hazy anyway. Well, that's the thing, yes. Yeah, like, if you're having... That's like those tastings <laughs> are always a mess because it's like... Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you any one beer we had at that tasting. No. And then they all kind of start to blend together because you're having... And your well, you palate gets wrecked. About, you right. start, yeah. yeah. And you start to think thing. about categories. You're just like, oh, I like the porter. Right. And everything's got like a clever name. Everybody's, you know, it's like, it's like fuzzy toothless zombie. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that was good. But then a week later, you're like, let's look for the, the zombie the pirate what was yeah. That? yeah yeah it's a lot of documenting for me taking pictures of cans and signs and bottles and trying to remember you know right what's the biggest thing you've learned since doing this biggest thing i've learned gosh i think it, i think it's it goes back to tastes and i think it goes back to palate development and i've learned that just because I liked a beer five years ago doesn't mean I'll like it today because my tastes have evolved. Yeah. Um, and I think it's 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 pretty mind-blowing to think through kind of how that works. 
Um, but I've also learned to be, I try to like not be judgy about it too. Like, okay, let's say someone really likes that beer I liked five years ago, right? Just like your artist, like, oh, I hated this guy or, mm-hmm. you know, this guy, I can't believe you love that artist. And you're just like, all right, we can all exist together. Hey, you like that beer? Let me introduce you to this beer, right? And that's one thing I love doing is like, all right, you really like this beer? In my head, I'm thinking, I know one that's a little bit better. Right. <laughs> let me, let me, you know, refer you to this or this or this. And and introducing people is like the really fun part of it too. Well, it's interesting too because there, because there's an artistry to it. Is not only are you changing, but they're changing. Right. Because uh, when you think about comic book artists, like they evolve. They evolve. Jack Kirby is a perfect example of like you want to see Jack Kirby in the '60s more than you want to see in the '80s. Because, like, yeah, he wasn't as good in the 80s. Right. He kind of passed like his Neil peak. Adams now. Neil Adams now. Yeah, Neil Adams is one of the greatest artists who ever lived. He was a guy, uh, He was the first person that brought an uh, illustrator look to comic books. Oh, cool. Before that, it was all cartoony. And he had come from advertising. So he was doing a lot of storyboards and advertising in the 60s. And he uh, loved comics. He was doing, like, illustrations for Playboy magazine and, yeah, and from, like, magazines, but he loved comics. Hmm. So he started doing the X-Men and Green Lantern and Batman. Uh, and they were still gorgeous comics to this day when you open them. But, you know, now he's, like, in his I'd, 60s. I'd, I'd pay him not to it's draw It's a little now. weird. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah it's he's like, doing a new one now. He's, he's doing, paid. like, a Batman series now that it's, like... Oh, I'm yeah. glad you're doing it. Like, it's like it's weird. It's a very weird thing to see because it looks like Neil Adams. It's still his style. It's clearly yeah. his style, but it's like it's not good. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's weird to see something that was like the height of quality then be like the same thing done by the same hand, but it's just like, what are you doing? I mean, you know? music's like that. You know, bands yeah. have eras. Beer is totally like that. Yeah. Beer that we would have waited in line for. Yeah. Five years ago, now it sits on the shelf, and we're like, "Well, we're on to the next thing," or you know, taste of change, or right. right. Now, does um, so uh, Revolution is an example. I can't remember. They have like a fist, you know, mm-hmm. and I drink probably the same type of Revolution beer all the time. Whatever, like their main is. Five years from now, is that the same beer in the sense where it's like, is it made the same way, or do they update and be like, "Well, now we figured if we do this to it." You know, they change oh, it a little That's a good point. Bit. Do they do they change the formula? Or do they just create another beer if they change the formula? I think their mainstays are their mainstays, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got their flagship beers, like the anti-hero. That's probably the one yeah. I'm talking the about. Green. Yeah, the yeah. green fist. Um, but when they come out with these specialty barrel-aged beers, those are different every year. And that's that's where the draw is for people. They're like, right. oh, What's I wonder next? how the 2017 is going to compare to the 2016. Yeah. Right? So... Um, but anti-hero is kind of always if there's a formula for how they make anti-hero mm. they don't change that so if i have anti-hero five years from now it's still the same formula that's like their coke as far as i know yeah yeah, yeah. although coke is a terrible example because they changed the formula and I don't scared know everybody in the mid-80s well, at least they took cocaine <laughs> out of it it was traumatized well yeah slowly <laughs> so, that's the thing. there's that ironically it wasn't in there in the 80s because people really well, liked cocaine in the talking 80s about the 1880s you know it was cocaine was a big deal yeah. back then that's why it was called coca-cola yeah because it was co- it was like here's a drink that's we made out of cocaine because cocaine gets dry yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh Jess this has been fantastic how did you enjoy your first podcast yeah, it was great thank you oh, guys great because I think you have more on the horizon. Yes, yes. I'm going to be talking to some people later this week. I'm excited. So mm. thanks for having me on. Now, how do we follow you? At Beer Babe Jess on Instagram and Twitter. 
BeerBabeJess.com for my blog and t-shirts, stickers, and pins. Yeah, you have merch. Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah, and your stickers are starting to get around. They are. They are. They're everywhere. At least if I have any say in it. <laughs> slapping those things everywhere. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> well, if you want to let us know what you think, uh, if you follow... Uh, if you decided to follow Beer Babe Jess, if you decided that uh, you have problems with the amount of hops they're using in IPAs, there's also <laughs> ways to get in touch with us. I am at Not In My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. Someday I'll have the confidence to, to create a separate account. Someday. But I'm terribly I afraid. I can help of, with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid of dividing the people that are already following me. And it's like, oh, I got 20 people here. Now how do I get up tomorrow? Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But uh, you can also follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. And that's where we post our main news stories. You know, another trailer comes out. There was a new Birds of Prey trailer this week, which uh, I posted and haven't watched yet. Yeah, I saw it posted and I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'll watch this later. <laughs> I'm going to watch Jumanji. <laughs> well, you can follow that at facebook.com slash comics. Steven, how do we follow you and how do you get the show? You can follow me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan. And you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and the iTunes podcast app. And we are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, so you can just go to radiomisfits.com. We used to be the first one on Lifestyle, and then they've created new shows that start with A's and B's. Yeah, it's alphabetical. Not Bob. happy with that. No, <laughs> I don't take it personally. Yeah. So now we're like third or fourth. We're going to be the Acme Comics Podcast. <laughs> we'll be number one. Triple Done. A. Triple A <laughs> yeah. podcast. But we will talk to you next week.